Thank you for joining us on the Anchor Conversations podcast, where we are bringing your Sunday into your weekday. Our goal is to invite you into the conversation that's happening when we're preaching on Sunday mornings by giving you an opportunity to ask questions and to continue to interact with the text through this podcast. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to Anchor Conversations. Thank you for jumping back in with us today. This is Tyler here again with Jason. I am here. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're so bad at long pauses. We can't last very long. (laughs) Yeah, that that awkward that awkward pause is just just one of those things. It's like, what, what do we do? How do we? We handle this one. No, I'm I'm here. I'm excited to be I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to talk about this um you know, this stuff on the po- on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Um <laughs> it's been a while since I've thanked you. So thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And I'm glad to uh, be able to contribute what I can need to contribute with your podcast. We were talking about this before we hit record, but uh congrats on Michigan winning. We all know you're a big Michigan fan. Oh man. Yeah, it was a good one. It was uh you know, it's one of those things where you know, I've been I've been a been a Michigan fan for for quite some time, and uh, you know, it's, it's few and far between when you when you have a team of yours that actually wins something. It it doesn't happen a ton, um, at least for me, it doesn't happen a ton. And so, um, you know, Michigan Michigan is one of those programs where they always seem to be good. There was like a ten year period there where it was not very good, um, but there was you know there always seemed to be good. It's just it's they've never they've never really been able to win the big game. Like when in 1997, I remember when they, they won, but it was like co-champs. Like there was like weirdness. I, it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, that just seems to have what's happened. But so anyway, the national championship, everybody, thanks for, uh, I'm sure you're cheering me on. Probably not, but it's okay. Um, I was cheering myself on and, and uh, yeah, if they had lost, I would have said that they lost, but since they won, I'm going to say we won. We won well, everybody. Yeah. They couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, for sure. I was a very, I was a very important part of the team. Um, and, uh, they were relying on, on my fandom to do that, but I'm glad that we won and that they didn't lose. (laughs) Classic fan speak. You sound like a classic (laughs) Arizona sports fan. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Rooting for a Midwest team. So yeah, totally. Um, all right, well, let's get into our conversation this week. We're talking about our mission statement as a church. So um, starting off this uh, series for the year and really um, looking at our identity, who we are, where we're going, uh, beginning with our mission. So you preach from 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, and your big idea was our mission is to get more of Jesus. And then you connected that to our mission, uh, our mission statement as a church, which is inviting people to live generously for Jesus in all of life. Um, And I thought it would be cool. It's a unique opportunity we have on the podcast to kind of um, speak long form about some things that normally we we probably wouldn't just for the sake of of time and and, uh, also maybe who cares. But, you know, people are listening to us, so I'm going to assume they care. Um, Let's let's talk about our mission statement at Anchor. Um, what was the process to come up with that that particular mission statement? We could have put anything together. We could have chosen anything. Um, you know, a lot of the churches around us have different mission statements, and everyone's got it for different reasons and a different process they came up with uh, to to get that mission statement. 
Um, so let's talk just about what our process was and why did we choose this particular mission statement um, just as an eldership team? Anytime you're trying to think through a, something like a mission statement, I mean, any any company would do this. Churches hopefully hopefully wisely do this, but you want to evaluate kind of where you where you are, evaluate what you're what you're trying to accomplish. You want to evaluate, um, you know, the people around you. You want to evaluate your um, target audience. You want to evaluate what what what's needed. Where you know where you're going to be you know, either if you're, if it's a company where you're going to be selling things or, you know, how is it going to be online? What is it going to be? What, what does that look like? What are people in need of? How, how does all that work? And so, um, that's how we kind of began trying to think through the East Valley uh, in Phoenix and trying to figure out, okay, what, what is it, what is it about the East Valley that we, we want to make sure that we're, we're addressing and hitting. And, you know, obviously it's hopefully our mission mission statement applies to all Christians, but it's very specific to those who live here. Um, as we're trying to, as we're trying to both, um, you know, just have discipleship towards Christians and also reach non-Christians. What, what does that look like? What's the culture? What's the vibe? How, how do people react and respond? And, and more importantly, maybe even as we've evaluated all that stuff, what do they need? Um, and what can we provide? You know, we, we said from the very beginning um, that Anchor Church is not, it's not the perfect place. It's not, you know, it's, we're not trying to scratch an itch that isn't being scratched in some ways in the East Valley, because there's, there's a lot of good churches around. I mean, you know, we, we, um, we're friends with a lot of churches and churches that preach the gospel and churches that disciple people. And they have, you know, they're bigger and they have programs and more programs than we have. And they have a building we don't have. So, I mean, there's things where you just look around and you go, well, what can, what are, what are we about, you know, and, and how are we going to try and build and grow? And, um, you know, we're, we're just adding in a lot of ways, you know, anchor church is adding, um, another, uh, another group of people to the mix to both disciple, um, Christians and make disciples of non-Christians. Um, and so, you know, there's churches that are doing that and those churches are, they're, not better than other churches either. They're just trying to do the same thing. And so we, you know, we live in an East Valley area that's, you know, roughly, you know, 2 million people or so. Um, and we're just trying to do our part. So we just thought, well, as we're doing our part, what, what is needed in the, in the part of the town that we're in, um, in the East Valley for us? How do we think about that? So that's kind of where we started. Um, that's the, the question that we were asking. And as we, as we evaluated that, and, you know, I want you to think, if you're listening to this, think about, you know, think about your, maybe your daily grind, your life, um, the people around you, what typically happens, how, how you kind of function in your day. It's probably very similar to kind of the the conclusion that we came up with, which, which was, I think somewhat, somewhat of, of our, even our own experience, which is, I think a lot of people where we live, it's a busy culture. Um, um, you know, some people would argue if you're from the East coast that we're not necessarily a, a work busy culture, you know, by, by three, 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 three thirty or something like that, especially if you're working in an office complex in downtown Phoenix, maybe it's, maybe it's less if you're working, you know, an hourly job or somewhere where you have a set time, but a lot of people will, a lot of people will, you know, get off you know, a little earlier than maybe normal. They're not working until 9 PM, but what they are doing is that they're, you know, they're getting off work and then they have a th you know, a thousand things to go do. They can go hiking. They can go up to the mountains. They can, 
um, they can, they have to take their kids to sporting, um, sporting events or sporting practices. They, they have, um, hobbies to do, you know, there's lots of things to do outside. They go biking, they go running, they go to the gym, they do all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, their, their life is full. Um, you get, you know, and so as we thought about that, we thought, well, pe people, again, if they're like us, people where we live, uh, have a tendency, I think to, to have a routine of the, you, you get up in the morning, maybe you have children and you're trying to get your children ready for school and, or just get them up and have them not go crazy. Um, but then you maybe drop them off at school and you go to work and then you get home from work and maybe you take them to practice or you go do something else. And then you get home and likely, I mean, I see this a lot. You, you, close the door, the garage door on your way into the garage because you don't want to talk to your neighbors. And then you go have some dinner and watch some Netflix, go to bed and do it all over again the next day. And we just, you know, we thought one of the things that I think that the Bible calls us to as Christians and, and actually what the Bible I think says would, is going to give us ultimate joy is to live a life that's not simply consumed with the things that we are doing or the things that we have to do, or they're so busy that we don't have any room for what's most important, which is the Lord. And um, so as we thought about our that, we thought about, well, well what, it, what is it then about our our mission? What is it about what we can do as a church to, to, to kind of build a culture that hopefully will, will incorporate some of a fix on that, or at least a, a different mentality and mindset to that. And so inviting, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that there was a, an action call to it. It wasn't just, this is something, it's not a truth. It's an action call. So we want to invite, um, you know, invite our community, invite our friends, invite people that have been in the church for a long time, but maybe are, are, um, grown complacent or asking questions or are hurting, um, who need Jesus and who need the gospel and, and, um, you know, who, who need a place where they can, they can find healing, uh, who need a place where they can find, you know, uh, the, the preached word, they can find discipleship, um, they can find an authenticity, um, a church that's, you know, I think that's growing, um, in our values. Um, not, I don't think we've arrived. I don't think we've arrived in our mission statement either. I think it's, there are things that we're just growing, you know, we're trying to, this is a trajectory that we're on. This is what we want to hit and this is where we're going, um, I think, I don't think, I honestly don't think churches ever really arrive at the things, you know, the mission statements or, or values. I think that's something we're always constantly looking at and growing and trying to work on and get better at. And so that's where, that's where we are. But, you know, as we, as we thought about that, we just thought, you know, we want to invite, uh, we want to be about inviting people to live their life. So, you know, the, the, the daily grind, I just said to live their life, but to live it differently, to live it generously for Jesus. So it's, so inviting people to live generously for Jesus in all of their life. So even in their, even in their moments where they're, where they're waking up and they're groggy and tired, and they got to take their kids to school, you know, to see, to see taking their kids to school is an opportunity to live their life for Jesus, to, to go to work and see their, that as a, an opportunity to generously live their life for Jesus, to come home and take their kids to sports practices and do that living their life for Jesus, thinking about, you know, living on mission and thinking about discipleship and, you know, inviting people along. Maybe you have to have a huddle at your kid's sports practice. I don't know, whatever it is, but you're, you're just living a life where Jesus is the center and you are living, you're giving up your life for him. So time, we, we, we define generosity as like time and it's 
yeah, it is resources, money. It's it's what I what I put you know what I put my thoughts to. It's my hospitality in my home. It's you know it's it's giving of myself to live my life for Him. Um, you know, if again, I, I think that I think that in this in this community, you know, work life balance can be can be sideways, or at least maybe even maybe I shouldn't say that work slash recreation slash um kids i'm I'm guilty of it too but you know it can be a little wonky and jesus kind of gets pushed to the side i'm going to say well the, the church should be a church you know the church global and anchor church specific i think should biblically be a place where the name of the lord is lifted up um, people should feel the presence of god through the people of god um, since he's the head of the church and we are the body and we should we should constantly be growing in in terms of how, how we're how our lives aren't simply divided between you know i have my work over here and this is just my work is for me this is where i make money you know um so however i live over here doesn't matter um people know me at work and if they came to church they'd be surprised that i raised my hands in worship they'd be like what you um didn't know that like that's crazy you know why do you say the things you say at work um you know, why do you, why do you say the things you say at school? Well, that you're, you're a student here. You, you're, you know, you're a freshman in high school or whatever it is. And wow, I, I never would have guessed you're, you're mean. Like that's not, you know, I didn't know that you were a Christian and we're trying to say, that's not really what it means to be a believer. And that's not what it means to be a Christian. Like our life should be given to the Lord and what that looks like. And just constantly growing in that discipleship, um, reaching the lost and our values then I think you know, next week, Tyler, but our values are going to be the things that really hopefully define what that looks like as we are on our mission. Um, so that's kind of the process. And that's why we came up, kind of came up with the mission statement that we, that we have, um, that that's kind of how we, how we went through that process of, of finding out this is why we want to do what we want to do. And, um, and, you know, hopefully as we continue to, to, to press forward in that, and even in this series, uh, we talk about our values and then actually talk about what we're calling everybody to, I, I think, Hopefully that's, it's something in 2024 that we can just continue to, to grow in and, um, and kind of walk towards. So one of the things that I love about our mission statement and what we're trying to do, because I love subversive, subversive things is the subversive nature of that mission statement. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, in a lot of ways, that life that you described in, you know, in the East Valley in Gilbert, I think we kind of have an idyllic life in a lot of ways, like people uh, around the country, around the world, I think would look at the lives that many of us live and go, that's the ideal right there. You know, the good job, the beautiful family, beautiful house in the safest neighborhood in the safest country, um, you know, all that stuff, nice car, all, all the things. And what we want to say with this mission statement is while there's nothing evil about any of that stuff in and of itself, Jesus has a, a life that he calls is the life that is truly life. And so a life that's lived for him, regardless of whether you have that stuff or not, a life that's lived for him is really the life that is truly life. And so we want to invite people into that. We want to be experiencing, regardless of anything else, that deeper life through um, generously giving ourselves away for uh, for his name um, in a bunch of different ways, you know. Um, but so I, I love the subversive nature of it to say that, you know, the life that many of us have is is in many ways, um, 
the goal. It's the American dream or, you know, it's the ideal, but we want to say, yeah, but it's not the life that's truly life if it's not with Jesus. And so we mm-hmm. want to find that. Um, yeah. Oh, I know. And I, I do, I agree. Did I, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. You, Tyler. You're good. Um, I agree. I, I think one of the things too, that we haven't, we haven't necessarily hit a ton of, you know, in our, in our last couple of, last couple of years, probably since COVID in particular, that I, that we will hit here at some point in the series, but um, the call to invite, like I, I, because people that are living their lives that way, you know, it's, it becomes a grind. Life becomes about, um, you know, either, either making more money, either taking more vacations, you know, either trying to trying to look good on the outside it's trying to get into a nicer home in a nicer community none of those things are necessary they're not wrong in and of themselves at all like i mean i think that you know trying to improve your life and your future and all that stuff that's there's nothing wrong about that but if my life if my life is centered around those things and that's what my life is about there's an emptiness there i think that in the in the community you know there are there are people who are looking for something more um they're looking for, they're trying to figure out what, what is it about this life that it can't just be this life just can't just be about me getting up again. My alarm's going to go off again. It feels like another, it feels like standing in, in, in the, in, um, like on the shore of a, of a rough ocean. If you've ever been in the ocean and the waves just keep pounding me, I'm just getting hit again and again and again, and there's hardship and struggle and, and I'm trying to do it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, trying to push back against everything. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to do all this stuff. And there are Christians near you that feel that way. Maybe you feel that way. I don't know, you know, as you're listening to this, but that if that's all life is, if life is simply about those things, it's an exhausting life, which is why the the call for Jesus, when he says, come to me, if you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest for your souls is an invitation. I mean, it's an invitation for us as a church to look around and say, what? I'd love to have you come to my huddle. I'd love to have you come to my community group. Hey, are you guys plugged in anywhere? I'd love to have you jump in at anchor. Like we'd love to have you come on a Sunday, um, you know, find some community, find some joy, um, find, you know, find, find the gospel being preached, you know, hopefully, you know, um, is what they're looking for. Find, you know, find a sense of community here that, um, that is, you know, hopefully compelling. And, you know, as the church is, as the church is growing, everybody, I said this a couple of weeks ago, I'll say it again, that, that call and that invitation, you know, inv- inviting people to live generously for Jesus, that call invitation is going to be important as we continue to grow. And what's even more important is for you to live it out be- because, you know, th- there's, there's going to be, um, there already is a little bit of this, um, just because we've gotten bigger, you know, I think, I think when you get to a spot, you know, a church that's around 150 people, um, growing, going upwards towards 200 people, the, the feel of the church changes a little bit because not, not everybody can be really close with everybody you know, that the church has just gotten to that size. Um, and, and that's, that's why I think the invitation to have people join us, but then also to find that that's lived out living generously for Jesus. And, and hopefully you're growing and living your life in generosity for Jesus. So when people come in, they don't feel like the game's locked. The church is as an insider culture language, you know, whatever it is, they can't find a way in, but they're saying, Hey, this is easy to break into because people are inviting me to everything. 
um, got an invitation to a home. I was, I was, I was um, talking to somebody the other day and they were just mentioning that they, you know, it was, they were newer to the church. They're like, yes, you know, Sunday we're going over to this person's home um, for, for dinner, you know, a couple, I think a couple people are going over there. And I just thought, of course, knowing the people that they're going over to, I thought, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I love it. Um, and then hearing people and being invited over for Thanksgiving, hearing people being invited over for new year, uh, for Christmas day or Christmas Eve. I mean, that kind of stuff I think is just, it is, it is the way that a church begins to feel, um, like an inviting community. And you guys are, I mean, the, I feel like Anchor does that really well. Um, I would just say it needs to be even more as we grow because you're the, the smaller, um, we can make a larger church, meaning if, if a church is 150 people, which isn't, I, it's not a thousand people, but it's, it's also not 50 people. I think we're already, we've already exceeded the average church size in America, um, at 150 ish. And so I, you know, as we get to that size, the small groups, discipleship groups, coffee dates, you know, with people, um, you know, that kind of stuff are, are, they're even all the more important because the way to make a, a large, a bigger church feel smaller is to have groups, um, and to do them well and to be inv inviting people to them. And so you, I just think as we think about that, that invitation and then the lived out experience of that mission statement is going to be all the more important. And it could, because we want, we want our community, my neighbors across the street or next door. Um, even people, you know, our kids go to Gilbert Christian. There's people there that don't go to church. Um, there's, they're supposed to, they've signed something to say they do. They don't. Um, they're looking for a place to meet. And I think that they're looking for an, an itch to be scratched that's saying there's got to be more. There has to be more to life than this. And what we're trying to say is, well, why don't we invite those people into a community where, where we're living generously for Jesus with all who we are, our time, we're just giving our lives to Jesus and we want them to do the same. And hopefully they find that as a compelling, you know, not just example, but call uh, for their own lives. Yeah, I guess um, that's all good. I guess to pull the curtain back even a little bit more, you know, just for those that are listening um, on just the practicals of that mission statement, I guess it would have been about this time five years ago that we came up with that mission statement. And it was uh, Jason and Aaron and myself trying to figure out how the heck to plant a church and, and what we were doing. And um, Aaron uh, led us through a process um, to to come up with that mission statement, pretty intentional process. He had led us through it at, at a previous church. So three of us had been through a similar um, process, but but kind of started it fresh. And then I'm sure we sent it to our wives to look at it and um, and correct, you know, language and, and make it more clear and and uh, sharpen it up. Um, but that was kind of the, the people that went into that mission statement as well. So, you know, anything like that, it's not just like a random thing that's generated there's people and there's personalities behind it um and i think that those were the probably the six of us kind of came up with that i think at that point right yeah yeah i think so yeah we i think it was a, almost it was almost a year ago um five years ago was, i'm sorry yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was it was february i think right. february or march um probably february actually um that we did that and yeah it was um that was harrowing because I think that, I think that, um, you know, as we were, we really, really wanted to make sure we were clear about our mission and our values. And, um, we were going to begin launch meetings the like March 4th or something. I mean, it was, it was, so we were at the beginning of February 
you know, the way we planted a church, everybody, like, as we think about it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the Lord was in it. Cause, um, there was yeah. a lot that there was a lot that I think people would go, why, oh, why did you wait till the last minute? Well, we didn't, we were just, we were kind of up against it time-wise. Um, and, um, and it's just, I think about, sometimes I think about, um, if you, if you weren't on the launch team, um, it doesn't mean you're not, I, we love having you here. You've actually helped build this culture that we have mm -hmm. now. And I love it. If you were on the launch team, I'm just, just continually grateful for you because you put your trust in us and we were trying to figure it out. Even then things like this, trying to figure out our, our, our mission statement and, and how to, how to communicate that clearly and to go forward. And so we're still doing it. You know, we, we do this series in January every year because we, we really want to make sure the mission statement and the values and the call to be a church are clear. And I think even this year, it's, it's going to feel a little different because there is going to be a sermon specifically on a, on a call. What does it mean for you to, to be a, essentially a member? We're not going to have membership per se, but what does it mean for you to be a member? What are we calling you to? Um, and then Compassion Sunday um, is going to be different as well. So there's, there's yeah, I think that that's, it's important. I hope that that's helpful for everybody to hear those things. If there's a book out there of all the do's and don'ts of church planting, um, we probably checked all the don'ts. <laughs> yeah, and yet, In include, <laughs> including um, plant right before a global pandemic where you can't mm. meet. You know, <laughs> um, I still remember. I still remember to to you know not to bring everybody back into the COVID days, but I still remember the I had a meeting on Thursday of that of like the week when everything was kind of going down with Luke Simmons, who's the pastor over at Redemption Gateway. They just re renamed their church Ironwood Ironwood Church. But um I was meeting with Luke and he said, Hey, are you guys meeting this Sunday? And I said, Yeah, I don't why wouldn't why wouldn't we meet? He goes, I, I don't know, there's a lot of churches I'm not sure that are. He said, I I called Adam Bailey over at Christ Church. And I said, Yeah, I just talked to Adam too. He said, Yeah, Adam, I think Adam's not, they're not sure if they're gonna meet. So I said, Well dude, tell I mean if you guys decide not to meet, you gotta tell me because I don't want to be the only guy like on the outside, you know, getting together and the whole state's not meeting, you know? So anyway, I remember him calling me and I said, well, what are you guys going to do? He said, oh, we're just going to do our live stream. I would just do your live stream. And I thought, oh, we're in trouble because we don't have a live stream. We're a church plant. We just started like five months ago. I thought, how do I do a live stream? What does that even mean? I don't know what that means. Do you use a computer? Like, are my, my, it's just my phone in front of me. I had no, it was a pan. I just remember panicking like, oh no, we are, I, this is going to be, this is going to be rough. So, um, yeah, that's just the, that's just, you know, they, they tell you plant right before a global pandemic. That's the way to do it. It's the most successful, successful way. It's just crazy season of life, but we made it guys. Here we are almost five years later and we, uh, we're still standing. It's wild. And, and on, yeah, it is really cool actually that that mission statement that we came up with, um, you know, five years ago, it still, to me, as I read it, I go, yeah, that's as relevant today as it was then. And that's mm -hmm. as, you know, important for the church today as it was then, yeah. um, which is really cool. So, um, all right, well, let's just hit one question kind of from the text uh, or from the sermon anyway, um, this idea, of, uh, our mission is to get more of Jesus. Um, what are ways that we can do that? Just as individual Christians, what are ways that we can get get more of Jesus in our lives? Well, I um I came up with an acronym because that's what happens sometimes. Just as I was thinking about this question, um, I would I would call it tone, T O N E, 
So if you're if you're driving in your car, you can just you can just drive with your knees for a second. Write this down. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't 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 do that. Don't 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 drive with your knees and write this down. That was a joke, everybody. If everybody's listening to this, um, uh, tone. Uh, the first one would be time. So I just say, you know, in terms of how can we get more of Jesus, it's intentional time spent with Him, thinking about Him, knowing Him. So how how much time are you spending? I remember I thought John Piper, who's a pastor and author, um one time used an example of, you know, we're a lot of times we're, we're really trying to figure out why we're so, it's just hard for us to know Jesus and we don't have a, a spiritual, you know, the energy, essentially the spiritual energy to, to know him. And he said, we're, I don't think we're, we're not intaking enough of him with our, with time. And he used the example of, you know, if, if every day we, we got up and had a small glass of orange juice and said, all right, that's what I got. And then we, the next day we got up and had a small glass of orange juice. And that's all we ever ate was just a small glass of orange juice in the morning. Um, eventually we'd die, you know, because you can't survive. Your life cannot survive on a small glass of orange juice every morning without any more sustenance or time given to it or, or food given to it. And similarly with the Lord, like we, we, you know, we try and go, well, I go to church on Sundays and that's the time you spend thinking about him, getting to know him. And it's just not, that's not going to cut it in terms of if you're really trying to, to get more of Jesus, it's, it's an intentional time. It's one of the reasons why, you know, they call a Bible reading and prayer and fasting, they call them disciplines because it's just, just disciplined time. Um, we make time with, we make time for what's important to us, which is the bottom line. Um, and so I would say that's the first one of the tone, um, acronym time. The other one is others. So, so T time, O others, you know, others, others spending time with others, church family, um, around a meal, worship, um, together on Sundays, you know, groups serving one another on Sundays. You know, if, if you come to church once, a, once a month, um, and that's, that's your time spent, you know, worshiping with the church body and spending time with them and, you know, you're trying to get more of Jesus, but you're not really getting any other time with anybody that's a Christian outside of your own family. I just don't know how much it's going to be tough for you to get more of Jesus in the long run. For a while, you might be able to fake it um, and get, you know, maybe you get some of that, but man, it's it's going to be hard. So I would just say, you know, one is time spent um, with the Lord, thinking about him, knowing him. The, other is, the next one is others. The N uh, in tone is new rhythms. So you know, sometimes we just need a new, a new rhythm. We need, we need, uh, a, you know, a new devotional book. We need a new, you know, Bible reading plan. We need to, to think through maybe even starting devotions. Maybe you don't do that. You know, maybe you don't have a prayer life. Um, maybe you, maybe you don't think about things like, um, serving outside of the church. So, so something like compassion international that we're going to do is might be really good for you. It's going to give you a, a new Avenue to see the, to see the work of the Lord overseas, you know, developing workers, go on a trip, you know, or, or, or just spend time praying about that or, or what, I don't know, but like, I think new rhythms, what's a new rhythm you can get yourself in. If the rhythms that you have now aren't lending themselves to getting more of Jesus, find new rhythms, find some, one thing new. Um, and if you have a question about, Hey, I would like to get a devotional book, ask one of us because we can point you to some really good resources for that. Um, and try to help you with that. So time, others, new rhythms. And the last one would be evaluation. And I just simply mean, watch your life. Um, you know, Paul, uh, Paul tells Timothy 
as a pastor to watch his life and doctrine. I don't think that watching your life and doctrine is, is limited to pastoral ministry. I think that that's life. So are you evaluating your life or are you just drifting? Um, are you looking at your life and saying, I, how am I doing? You know, where, where am I, am I giving of myself? Am I inviting others to, to join in with me in this generous living for the Lord? Maybe even before that, am I living generously for the Lord? Am I able to, to spend my, you know, look at my days and try and find opportunities, you know, to, to do that? Am, am I a person that, that it, my life is defined by the typical East Valley Gilbertonian, you know, who's just kind of going through the day and just getting through it. And by the go to bed and, you, you know, the time that you've spent with the Lord or thought about him is very minimal because he's not a, really a part of your life. Um, or are you the kind of person who's saying, oh, I, that is me, but man, I want to change that. Okay. Then you evaluate, where's my time spent? How much time am I spending with the Lord? Am I spending time with others? Am I connecting with the church? There's plenty of opportunities. I, just be honest. Like if you're fine, if you're not finding connection, and it's hard for you right now to feel like you're, you know, you're not connected or somehow you're, you're not, you know, with at, at anchor, you're not getting more of Jesus. I would just ask you to go back and take a look at, you know, are you involved on Sundays? You know, are you serving? Are you finding joy in service? Are you gathering as the body? Are you in a group? Are you living in a group? Those are our connection strategies, but they're not just strategies because we're like, this would be cool to do. Those are our connection. Those are ways that we say, if you're doing all three of those things, not only I think are you going to be finding connection, but I think you're, hopefully you're going to be growing and getting more of Jesus, um, which kind of goes to all those three things. So tone, time, others, new rhythms, evaluation. I think if, if we're if we're kind of doing those things, if you're serious about, I want to get more of Jesus, write that down, time, others, new rhythms, evaluation, and put it that into practice. And, um, and then spend some time praying and say, Lord, help me. I want to get more of you. And, um, just, I just say, watch what the Lord does. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a good, uh, uh, little acronym there. So may we all tune our lives to the right tone. Uh, yeah. uh, eh? No, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> Don't be out of tune with your tone. Hey, watch your tone with me. Sir. <laughs> 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 that is so okay well hopefully that helps maybe that'll help you all remember that it's tone yeah there you go that's all i was trying to do you know yeah and yeah. then that's it's already starting to, be, to become a word where the more you say it the more funny it sounds tone 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 and i don't know why but it sounds funny to me yeah yes yeah, so you ever look at a word and you go that can't be spelled that way like you just you think there's no way i think tone is one of those words you look at it, you're like t1 t1 really is that how you oh. spell tone anyway i never would have looked at it that way but now oh. i will now you will sweet awesome <laughs> well thanks for uh thanks for sharing that no i think that's a great um those are great categories to think about how we can get more of jesus and i especially i mean i like them all but i especially love the idea of new rhythms and the power of rhythms in our lives yeah, i've been thinking a lot about that lately reading about that even from just like a physiological standpoint our brains um you know, and the way our bodies react to rhythms, uh, and how God can use that, um, in our lives is we, we just can't underestimate that there, there's a lot there. So, um, that's all good stuff. Um, may we be doing that so that we could all get more of Jesus, because the more that we all get more of Jesus individually, then when we come together, we get more of him together also. And it's a, a beautiful snowball effect of, mm -hmm. of glory. So, 
yeah um, yeah let's be doing that let me say one more thing um hopefully you know as as everybody's hopefully you made it this far um in this in this <laughs> podcast um i just want to say like you know just super encouraged um at the church we talked about this last week you know if you didn't listen to last week's podcast we we kind of did an overview of 2023 and just again as we're talking about this the mission and values just thinking about specifics and thinking about specific examples of of some of you and and you know both both season and stage of life both hardships that i know you're going through or or joys that you have in your life or reckon you know repentance and reconciliation and just um discipleship and depth and understanding and baptisms we have a couple i think we have at least one baptism this sunday um after church if not a couple um you know, as I think about all that, um, I think about, you know, the giving that we're meeting, giving, I think about some of you that, you know, I just, none of what we're saying in terms of our mission and our values and the call is necessarily a corrective. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's an envisioning for some of, for some of us, maybe it is, we need, we need to be, to be corrected here and there. For some of us, it's just a, a re-envisioning. It's just a reminder. Um, for some of you that are new to the church, this is just this is new um, as you think about it. But man, just I just want you to hear from from me um, that I'm just encouraged. I see what God's doing, um, and I'm I'm encouraged by it. Just praying that, that there just be more, you know, more to see and more to experience and more to to grasp and find joy in. And um, yeah, it's just a it's a joy to pastor y'all. Um, and that's for my that's for my friends that are from Oklahoma or Texas, um, Pastor and y'all. And so um, grateful for grateful for you guys. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's go out and set a good tone for the week. And uh, turn up turn up the volume and <laughs> and uh, set set that tone. All right. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to talking about our values this Sunday, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about that more on the podcast next week. Yeah. Looking forward to Sunday, everybody. Hope to see you there. Um, it's going to be a good series. Please, please try and prioritize being there on these Sundays because I think that there's going to be a lot of momentum coming off of it. Um, and then we jump into Ruth in um, February. So lots of stuff coming up. Great. Looking forward to it. All righty. See you, everybody. Have a good one. Bye, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to join us today as we brought your Sunday into your weekday. Our hope and prayer is that you'd continue pressing into the Lord and applying the Bible to your life as you seek to honor Jesus as King. We'd encourage you to continue this conversation with God through reading the Word and praying, and to continue this conversation with other Christians at your anchor huddles and your anchor communities. We look forward to worshiping King Jesus with you this Sunday and to talking to you again on the podcast next week.